from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Welcome to the week, commencing August 28, 2016. I'm Graham VK4BB. And a call to keep 7.060 kHz clear. Radio amateurs are active in the Italian earthquake. Following the 6.2 earthquake which struck central Italy last Wednesday, Italian radio amateurs were active in the emergency response. The call has gone out to keep 7.060 kHz clear, along with other emergency centre of activity frequencies in the 80 and 40 metre bands for emergency communications within Italy. In VK1, CRARC need two prospective radio amateurs. Is this you? Canberra's next foundation course and assessment weekend is scheduled for September 17-18 and they need two more candidates for the course to run. So if you know of anybody who may be interested, please encourage them to contact the club. Sunraysia Radio Group members are fitting solar lighting this weekend to the remote Shearer's Quarters in Murray Sunset National Park and will put it on the 40 metre band. John Williams, another John Williams, VK2AWJ from Golgol in New South Wales, is a veteran of portable amateur radio and is among the group. VK2AWJ says he'll be on 7.1 MHz Saturday and Sunday mornings looking for contacts, including those wanting a QSO for the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. What is your call there? It keeps getting covered up. What is your call? Okay, this is The Australian commemoration of 50 years since the Battle of Long Tan during the Vietnam War continues with at least VK1, 4 and 6 already on air. The Wireless Institute of Australia has obtained ACMA licences for each state and territory and these end with the suffix BLT50. These are available under conditions and on a roster for use in the commemoration over the 30 days. And again this week, details including the diary log address are in the text edition. The driver of the event, a veteran himself, is Mal VK6LC, who has the VI6BLT50 call sign, and already he and his team have made over 800 contacts. The VI6BLT50 calling frequencies were in last week's text edition and are also on qrz.com. VI4BLT50 in Queensland has been active on all bands. You and VK4ERM is driving that one. Whilst in Canberra, courtesy of text VK1TX, it's VI1BLT50. All stations report good activity and appreciate the effort being shown by those calling in. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. WIA Board Talk in a moment, Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. But first, the Wireless Institute of Australia will hold its annual general meeting in Handorf. That's near Adelaide, South Australia, in May 2017. The iconic town is Australia's oldest surviving German settlement. It's in the Adelaide Hills, a mere 20-minute drive from Adelaide, where visitors can walk the past and taste the future. The venue is to be the Adelaide Hills Convention Centre, with the weekend of events from Friday, May 19 to Sunday, May 21. 
The format to be similar to other years, registrations on the Friday night, then an informal gathering at a restaurant. The AGM is Saturday morning along with the open forum with technical presentations in the afternoon. Partners tours are offered and the traditional gala WIA dinner on Saturday night. Sunday, we'll have a visit to a local landmark or a Soda Parks operation and a final barbecue gathering on the Sunday night. Members registered with Memnet who use PCs and the web? Pay heed. Browsers, which are more than 10 years old, such as Internet Explorer 6 or Opera version 5, will need to upgrade as support is being withdrawn from these early browsers. This Sunday, August 28, Omni Software, the provider of the WIA's Memnet service, will be undertaking maintenance work and system improvements to support the latest security protocols. Omni have advised that any users affected by the upgrade will need to upgrade their old web browser versions to make it work. They advise that all versions of Chrome, Safari, Firefox, Internet Explorer 7 and above should be unaffected, although they recommend all users update their browsers to the latest version. The WIA apologises for the short notice given, but timing of the change is purely in the hands of the Memnet software provider. And another warning, this time from Telstra, is that their 2G mobile network is to be shut down at the end of November. Telstra has written to all its affected users, advising them they need to upgrade to the newer 3G or 4G technology. The WIA board continues to discuss a range of matters on its busy agenda each month. An idea floated at the AGM was to give all new radio amateurs a period of free WIA membership, with hard copies of the amateur radio magazine in the post. It fits in with the WIA's board priority of seeking to recruit new members. It was a good suggestion. However, after investigations, it was considered the administrative cost of the proposal would be far too high. Out of this exercise, however, came a better way to affect the original recruitment tool. This would be a coupon system that allows new amateurs to download a free digital edition of AR magazine for a limited period. On another matter, the WIA board is keen to strengthen the WIA committee system. A new structure was discussed where each committee could consist of a director and a committee leader. Instead of having them all just called a committee, it was decided to reflect more closely their purpose and method working, with them to fall under four categories. A permanent committee, one that acts together or meets regularly to affect its ongoing functions or tasks. Advisory groups, set up on an ad hoc basis to provide advice to the WIA board. Working groups, to study and report on all aspects of a particular issue and make recommendations. While task forces will work on a single defined task or activity to be completed within a specified time frame. On another matter, also arising out of the AGM where about 40% of members present indicated they preferred the digital edition of Amateur Radio magazine and did not want the paper copy. When specifically asked, most did not expect to receive a WIA membership fee reduction. The WIA board has resolved to move ahead with the development of a paper edition opt-out for AR magazine. WIA members who still wish to receive the paper edition will not be affected. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee with a few words on the licence conditions submission to the ACMA. The submission will soon be discussed again with the ACMA. So I'd like to talk about a few of the key issues incorporated in it. Many of you will have heard on these broadcasts as well as the general publishing and broadcasting media the issue known as STEM or STEAM an acronym for Science, Technology, 
Engineering and Mathematics, S-T-E-M, or with the addition of Arts, S-T-E-A-M. Hardly a week goes by without STEM or STEAM getting a mention in the context of education and career pursuits for young Australians. The preamble to the submission puts amateur radio in the context of developments and directions perceived in society today. Let me quote, The continued existence of the amateur service provides a resource for the self-education of individuals through both peer-to-peer learning and formalised classes undertaken by those who wish to qualify as radio amateurs, providing a basic education in radio communication disciplines for many who would not otherwise acquire that knowledge. Over many decades, an interest in amateur radio has served as a catalyst and motivation for many thousands of young people to enter scientific or technological careers. From that start, many individuals have gone on to forge outstanding careers and contributed to Australia's business, government, scientific and technological achievements. In the current socio-political climate, in which an emphasis on science, technology, engineering and mathematics in education at all levels, is issuing from the academic, business and political spheres, developing an interest in amateur radio provides new avenues and a strong motivator for young Australians to explore and engage in STEM activities, education and careers. The submission preamble goes on to say, The WIA is actively working to forge links with curriculum complementary and extracurricular school programs and tertiary courses as a means of providing practical support for STEM activities and for recruiting new amateurs from the pool of students taking interest in STEM pursuits. The recent announcement of the WIA's STEM-STEAM symposium to be held in Canberra is a direct consequence of this statement in the Licence Conditions Submission. We not only talk the talk, we also walk the walk. Another matter of keen interest to the existing Australian radio amateur community is that of access to new frequency bands. The top one of interest is 60 metres. That 15 kilohertz slice at 5.3 megahertz allocated to the amateur service at the International Telecommunications Union World Radio Communication Conference, or WRC, in November last year. In the WIA licence conditions submission, Achieving access to this band is priority one. The submission points out that the WRC gave a date for it to be available, which is 1st January 2017. That's just four months away. But that slice of five megs is chock-a-block with assignments to essential government and community services located across the four eastern states and territories. It looks like amateur radio is not going to be flavour of the year with them when it comes to implementing the WRC's allocation. The ACMA updates its regulatory instruments following every WRC. The main one is the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan, the ARSP. More acronyms. Accordingly, the ACMA has a consultation process to follow in updating the Spectrum Plan. The WIA understands that the ACMA will commence that consultation process later this year, which will engage all stakeholders with an interest in the spectrum. Naturally, the WIA will participate in that process. How long it will take and how soon before we get to see some changes to our amateur bands? I'll have more to say about that in following broadcasts. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. 
from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm John, VK2JPM, and we commence international news this week with report of a silent key, Lord Ricks, G2DQU. Radio amateur Brian Ricks, G2DQU, died on the morning of Saturday 20th of August this year, aged 92. While known to the general public, particularly in the UK, as an actor, manager, campaigner for the arts and for recognition of learning disabilities, it was less known that Brian Ricks had been a licensed radio amateur since the age of 13. In 1979, he was made a life vice president of the Radio Society of Great Britain. Lord Ricks used his position in the House of Lords to ask questions related to amateur radio, which included raising the matter of the RF polluting aspects of powerline telecommunications technology. Vale Brian Ricks, G2DQU. International Amateur Radio Union Region 3 directors met in Tokyo in the past week with an agenda that included measures to further improve the website facility and support to seek greater access to 50 MHz at the next World Radio Communications Conference, or WRC. Special attention was given to how all member societies could take action in support of the IARU move for spectrum defence and expansion at the upcoming WRC in 2019. In particular, the IARU is seeking support for Agenda Item 1.1 that seeks the current Region 1 50 MHz amateur allocation to be harmonised worldwide. The IARU Region 3 will have high-level representation at the Asia-Pacific Telecommunity Preparatory Group, or APG, meetings in the lead-up to WRC19. The meeting also decided it was essential for member societies to have interactive pages on the IARU Region 3 website where they can update information themselves and post important news items. Major work is underway to reformat the Region 3 band plan so it aligns with the other two regions and also to make it easier to read. The reactivation of amateur radio in Fiji and the other Pacific Islands is being actively pursued, along with consideration on how to assist newcomers to the hobby, especially young radio amateurs, with low-cost entry-level transceivers. Directors also reviewed the various resolutions made at the Region 3 conference in Bali last year to measure progress and future action on the resolutions. In 2013, the WIA initiated the Michael J. Owen Award to recognise excellent single operator achievement within Region 3 during the IARU HF Championship. This prestigious award is to be presented. The directors are expected to have a face-to-face meeting in the first week of September 2017, soon after the JARL Ham Fair in Tokyo. Boys will be buoys. Illegal GPS sea boys, well that's boys to the English, buoys to our US friends, are popping up on 10 metres. And a group of Portuguese amateur radio enthusiasts is spending their own vacation time trying to identify the location of a series of GPS boy clusters that are transmitting illegally and for many years on the 10 metre band. Quoting Paolo, CT2IWW, 
So far, we've had some success in determining the location of the few that we can receive when propagation allows. The data suggests that these clusters are located in the Atlantic, alongside the coasts of Africa and Europe, but it's possible they're present elsewhere. According to Paolo's description, these transmissions consist of three-second-long F1B bursts, that's RITI, at 51 board. Individual transmissions are 10 seconds apart, with the whole process repeating every five minutes. Frequencies are between 28 MHz and 28.120 MHz at 5 kHz intervals. The group is seeking help from the amateur community to capture recordings of these transmissions. This week in Media.info and Radioinfo.com.au, radio futurologist James Cridland asks the question about AM radio. There's a growing trend for AM operators to move to other modes and a global trend which sees individual AM stations closing with some countries ceasing AM transmissions altogether. We spoke to James Cridland. AM radio, does it have a future? Try and get AM radio in your BMW i3 or your Tesla Model X, and you won't find it. AM has been removed because these electric cars make too much interference to the AM band. And it's not just electric cars either. Everything from tram tracks, cheap LED lights, or DSL broadband connections cause interference on the AM band. For broadcasters, AM is hugely expensive to run in terms of electricity bills and cost of real estate for towers and earth mats. And incidentally, interference isn't just an AM issue. FM and DAB are both increasingly suffering from what the technologists call a rising noise floor. James Gridland, filing a special report for WIA International News this week. A link to the full story is in the transcript of this week's segment. The National Association of Broadcasters, the trade organisation which is the voice for the USA's broadcasters, has urged authorities to aggressively and expeditiously address increasing spectrum noise from man-made sources. Failure to do it, they believe, risks licensees of all radio and TV broadcast services drowning in a sea of noise and devaluing the spectrum. The NAB has claimed that much of today's noise is caused by the proliferation of cheap and simple electronic designs with little or no regulatory enforcement. And now imagine, for a moment, US President James Buchanan and Great Britain's Queen Victoria exchanging QSL cards. Imagine, too, the 19th century world figures giving one another signal reports. Well, it didn't quite happen that way, but in August of 1858, the President and the Queen communicated across the Atlantic as Victoria sent the President an invitation to visit Buckingham Palace. Her message began, quote, Come, let us talk together, which is as clear an opening for a rag chew if ever we heard one. It was the first transatlantic telegraph message between the two, and the President received it at the Summer White House in Pennsylvania. To commemorate that telegraph's anniversary, hams from the Bedford County Amateur Radio Society in Pennsylvania, using the call sign N3B, sent an ARRL radiogram on August the 16th to Queen Elizabeth II. It was delivered to GB3RS at the Radio Society of Great Britain's National Radio Centre in Bletchley Park. The message was sent in CW on 20 metres by Lloyd Roach, K3QNT and Bernie Frank, W3DRW. 
Band conditions weren't optimal, but in the UK, Trevor Hughes, G4WKJ, and Andy Roberts, M0GYK, were still able to copy the good wishes and forward them on to Buckingham Palace, where, despite the poor signal reports that had challenged the amateurs, it was nevertheless well received. And for WIA International News, 73, from John, VK2JPM. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ2016. 36 Alara Kindness is on this weekend, August 27, 28. September 2325, D-Star, Digital Amateur Radio, QSO Party. 2017, Ham Radio on the Ferries, 12th of March. The annual Lighthouse Weekend was full of fun. Hundreds with portable gear had a marvellous time putting former marine navigation on air during the 19th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, held last Saturday and Sunday. Organiser Kevin Mulcahy, VK2C, says thank you to all who registered for the fun event. With some of them needing to avoid contests and keep out of the inclement weather. Its final result of 471 from 45 countries was excellent, says Kevin, considering unsettled conditions in some areas of the world. Now expected on IWW.net website are more reports of 2016 activity. At the end, Germany and USA both had 69 registrations, closely followed by Australia on 65. Among a lot of media publicity came the Australian Bureau of Meteorology, on its Facebook page were words and pictures of lighthouses, all good for amateur radio. Looking ahead already, there are 25 registrations for the 20th fun event on the third weekend of August 2017. RD, run and one. We may not have any detail on this year's RD in the news other than the date, but now a plea for logs has come in. Alan? Thanks to all those who joined in the Remembrance Day contest. At this point in time, we're looking for more logs. The, the cut-off date is this afternoon at 0300 Zulu. So please send your logs to rdlogs at wia.org.au along with any photos that you would like included in the uh, final report. Thanks again. This is VK4 Sierra November. Thanks VK4SN. Now another WIA contest we have heard nothing about was this year's Worked All VK Shires contest held back last June. The winner of the 2015 WAS contest was VK4HH Diane Main. Diane, now VK4DI, also just happens to be this year's Alara contest manager. And thanks to Diane, we even kept the breast well and truly with details in this contest, held this weekend. Now for a bit of extra fun with the Shires, why not join in the VK4 Shires net? Every Friday, 20 metres, 14.238 MHz from 0630 hours Zulu, then if required QSY, to 7088 MHz. 40 metres only if required. Various operators handle the net control. Your chance to get contacts towards the worked All Queensland Shires Award. Want to be a net controller for the VK4 Shires Net? The net needs operators to work as controllers on a roster basis. Contact Bill, VK4FW, to find out more or put up your hand. GV75ACO. Air Cadet Organisation will be operating at Stolholm ATC Squadron, Norfolk, from the 3rd to the 18th of September. They are celebrating 75 years of the Air Training Corps. Primary activity will be on 40 metres. GB100E 
commemorates the risk of the crew of the Endurance by Ernest Shackleton in August 1916. Activity will be from the 24th to the 31st of August. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. A look at Amateur Radio Magazine for September. On the cover is the EMDRC team at the VHF UHF Field Day and inside are the WIA Winter Field Day results. This issue has the HF digital voice experience of John Noonan, VK3IC, and Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Some uses for sent-off toggle switches by Peter Parker, VK3YE, and the electronic EQSL system from Robert Janowska, VK4AAC. Justin Giles-Clark, VK7TW, has done a good job summarising the premier technical conference, Gipstech 2016. Other articles include the retirement of the ARIS coordinator, Tony Hutchinson, VK5ZAI, and a look at our founder, G.A. Taylor, named in honour by the highest award given by the WIA. The latest G.A. Taylor medalist is Dale Hughes, VK1DSH. Read a report on his presentation. In the President's comment, Phil Waite, VK2ASA, explains where he sees the WIA heading. Recently spending some time looking at the WIA financial position, he shares some of those observations. If the WIA is to remain a strong amateur radio advocate, both nationally and internationally, we need more and better ways to make money and reduce the dependence on the slowly shrinking membership income. To learn more about the financial health of the Institute, members should read this column. Elsewhere in the magazine, details are given on the RAOTC QSO party in October and the Waverley Amateur Radio Society Power Distribution Box is reviewed by Martin Luther, VK7GN. The regular columns are there also on SOTA and Parks, VHF, UHF and Expanding World, Contests and DX Talk. Amateur Radio Magazine, the journal of the WIA, is a membership service published 11 times a year. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news, starting with ATV. And the British Amateur Television Club has announced Graham Sherville, G3VZV, has been chosen to be the organisation's next president. He first joined BATC in the early 70s, where he supported the development of the network of ATV repeaters in the UK for many years. More recently, he's been closely involved with the development of the ham TV system on the ISS. He provided the deployment mechanism for the SSTV satellite Arasat-1 KEDR, which was released from the International Space Station by cosmonaut Sergei Volkov, RU-3DIS. Now, still staying in space, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier and Happy 20th Birthday to FO29. FO29, known as JAS-2, Japan Amateur Satellite Number 2, prior to launch, was built by the Japan Amateur Radio League and launched on August 17, 1996. In addition to a 100 kHz wide analogue mode VU-JA transponder, the satellite also includes a packet BBS and digitalker. While the packet BBS and DigiTalker are non-functional, the analog transponder continues to provide excellent service to the present day. 
The sensitivity of the transponder and mode VU configuration also allow for the effective use of minimal equipment. QSOs have been reported using a stock rubber duck antenna. AMSAT North America say that to this day, FO29 remains the most widely used linear transponder satellite and an ideal satellite for beginners. JARL offer an award for confirmed QSOs with 10 different stations via FO29. And BIRDS CubeSat Constellation to launch in 2017. AMSAT UK reports that four CubeSats comprising the BIRDS Joint Global Multinational BIRDS Constellation are set to deploy from the International Space Station in 2017. The 1U CubeSats, Bird B, J, G and Bird M, have identical designs, will use the same amateur radio frequencies and will be deployed as a group. The main mission of the two-year project is to use the Constellation to carry out radio communication experiments via a network of UHF and VHF amateur radio ground stations around the world. Kind of like Ripley's, believe it or not. We've all heard of the ionosphere and how it refracts radio signals enabling communication beyond the limits of the horizon. Now the US Air Force is looking at a possible technology to use plasma bombs to create an ionospheric type path generated by emissions from a special CubeSat above the Earth. The thinking is that the charged particles can be created by adding plasma to the atmosphere using small CubeSats. The US Air Force has got teams working on the idea and possibly a new technology. One approach is chemical reactions to heat a piece of metal beyond its boiling point to create the needed plasma, and another is looking at a small bomb to achieve the aim. The results are expected to take a few years, and they'll be interesting. Then comes the decision on whether to go ahead. The researchers are trying to see if there is a way they can do it, and it will be several years before it's known if plasma-created ionosphere is possible. And that's all I have. I'm Brian, VK3GR in Melbourne, signing off. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.